show there, lollygaggers. Oh, man. We're getting close. We're getting close. And no, I'm not talking about week four of the NFL season. I'm talking about the baseball playoffs. Everyone everyone knows what I'm talking about. We are Lollygagging Sports. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Uh, so we're going to talk some some baseball, uh, as we usually do. we got some NFL topics that we're going to discuss, followed by our trade at the end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned for the full hour, hour and a half. Um, I don't know. Our first topic, Samantha, might might take it a little bit longer uh, because we're, we're going to j- jump on this train and talk about the impact of one Taylor Swift on a football game. I, this is quite phenomenal to me. I, 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 we've seen celebrities go to, to, to sporting events before. I think we're seeing for the first time the true impact of Taylor Swift going to a football game because the response has been all over the place. I, we have found my weird niche expertise market. Um, nice. Football slash Taylor Swift. Um, I think it's me and uh, Nora Prinziati of The Ringer, uh, the two people who can claim expertise as a, a crossover topic here. So I, I'm here to give you my eight-hour dissertation on, I'm just kidding. Uh, these guys are going to cut, they're going to kill my mic if I do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about that. I won't. Because this is... <laughs> See, you've been warned. Uh, <laughs> this is just absolutely bonkers to me for so many reasons. Beginning with, it makes no sense. So, like, Taylor, for, for those of you, I'm guessing most of you come from the NFL side, not the Swifty side, um, here in, in this particular audience. So if you're unaware, you've been living under a rock, um, you're, you're just not into Taylor Swift, Um you should know that Taylor um, had a breakup with a long-term boyfriend who everybody thought was, you know, the one, capital O, one, like six months ago, maybe, right before she started her tour. Um, And, you know, the the community was was devastated. And then she had a sort of a rebound with Maddie Healy from the 1975 and... This is rebound number two. So I guess my first message to NFL fans is calm down. They're not getting married. Um, this is, we've, we've seen this before with Taylor. Um, so everybody just settle down. Um, I'm a little confused as to what, you know, I think Taylor's maybe she's having some fun, you know, some good time. Like, I, I think the, the Swifty mentality would certainly include things like, oh, an NFL player, that sounds fun. Let's try that. So, you know, I can appreciate it from that perspective. Um, ultimately, I don't think this is going to last because I, I give it like a month before she gets like bored and annoyed with him. Because like, I mean, I like Travis Kelsey. He seems like a nice guy. But like, has Travis Kelsey ever read a book? Do you think? Like, can Travis Kelsey read? He seems like a very nice man. And, but like, do, do we think of Travis Kelsey <laughs> as like among the like intellectual elite of the NFL, let alone the intellectual elite in general? I think not. His commercials so, are good. He's got good. He's, he looks really smart in his commercials, okay? Just. <laughs> he looks really smart. You're the first person who has ever said Travis Kelsey looks smart. It is commercials. Um, <laughs> so, okay, this is interesting. Um, I was wondering where this was going to go, especially from, I, I consider Irby kind of like the halfway point on this. And you, although you did tell me before we started recording that you also like Taylor Swift. So we're, maybe we're not sure. completely in the dark here. I was hoping to get... Somebody who like knew nothing about this, but you know, unfortunately, we all have 
probably the only Swifty present, but we, we have the, you know, Taylor Swift friendlies here. Mm-hmm. So you guys do know a little something about this. Um, and I'm assuming most of the audience does as well, but look, this is clearly a publicity stunt. Um, like I'm not saying they don't like each other. Or they're not actually dating. I know there's a theory out there being floated by some people with some pretty good expertise on the Swifty side saying they don't think they've ever actually met prior to that football game, which is hilarious wow. if it's true. Um, but <laughs> given that they both have something to promote, you know, Taylor obviously has her concert tour movie coming out in theaters pretty soon, and then the re-release, of course, of the re-recorded version of 1989 is coming out in about a month, and the Kelseys obviously have their little Netflix documentary about their family. Um, I'm sure if you know anything about Swifties, uh, you know the viewership of that is going to go up. I mean, his jersey sales have gone up like 400% this week, so this should tell you everything you need to know about Swifties and their uh, super consumer habits. Um, but anyway, they, they both have something to promote. It's, you know, you can see why for each of them, it would be like, here's an unproblematic person you could date and, and he's not going to end up in a song. So everybody relax. She's not going to write a song about him. Just chill out. Um, and then they like, I mean, it just, the whole thing felt a bit staged to me. I mean, I don't necessarily think they're fake dating, but like, I mean, they drove off in that red convertible afterwards. Like, come on, come on. Like, but also it's great, right? It's just fascinating. It's like a collision of two of my interest groups that have never crossed before. It's so exciting. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to hear how you guys, like, where are you guys at on that? I mean, like, I need to know what the non-Swifty <laughs> perspective is on this. We would, Bo did not get us any Taylor Swift music for the intro to this podcast. And yeah, we were going to make him do a dramatic reading of Blank Space, and he said no. So. Oh, I do love Blank Space. Just putting that out there. Space. Now uh, let me come back. I started following Taylor when she was in country. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I liked her pop stuff. She, I think I thought she crossed over to pop very well. Uh, I mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider myself a Swifty because I'm not at that level. Um, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy her music, and and Blake Space is most definitely on my workout playlist. Which when it comes on, it's always kind of funny because I'm in the middle of the gym listening to Taylor Swift trying to lift weights. Um, but <laughs> this whole thing. I'm trying to figure out what to make it because you brought up a good point. I forgot about the Kelsey doc that's on Netflix, mm-hmm. right? So the timing of this really is suspect. Um, I don't. If this really is a marketing ploy, whoever came up with it is is we're talking genius level. We're talking Nike in the in the in the mid '80s genius level here uh, because it did. You saw his jerseys go through the roof. I mean, you said the viewership is probably going to go up. On these documentaries, I don't think there's any question about that. You even had Jerry Jones talking about it like he was a Swifty. Like, that's I, where we're at. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I, the number of, I mean, we, we got, the beginning of this was J.J. Watt, right? Like, way back when. This is pre-Travis Kelsey. J.J. Watt saying that, you know, he went to a Taylor Swift concert and was so impressed by, you know, the athleticism that it takes and the stamina that it takes to perform in that way for three plus hours or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like all these straight men were like, Oh wow, you're right. That's kind of cool. Maybe Taylor Swift is cool. So, you know, credit to you guys, some of you who've been on the train longer than that, but um, <laughs> you know, it definitely is getting, I mean, Belichick got asked about this, which is so a great, great answer. Yes. Yes. Outstanding answer. Very, very Belichickian. I, they were smart to, to hold that question for him until he was doing his like radio hit on Mondays. Like, can you imagine if somebody asked Belichick in a post game 
about a player <laughs> dating somebody on it, not his team and not the team he was playing, he would just be like, shut up. You know, but he had an, he had an excellent answer. So we love that. Loved Andy Reid's comments on that. Andy Reid said he set them up. It's <laughs> just like, this is so great. I love that everybody's just leaning into this. It's fantastic. And it's good for everybody. Right? This is good for everyone. It's good for yeah. Taylor Swift. Good for the NFL. Just... You had good stuff. You the had, NFL scripts, man. <laughs> they, the, the strike, the writer strike is over. It's and look over. what happened. And look what happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Micah Parsons tweeting out, telling, encouraging all guys to, to shoot their shot because you, you know the right woman could do this for you. Look at the Kelsey's and Jersey sales. I mean, this is this. It is completely Irby. It is completely blown up I, I like you know we've seen things go viral before but i, th- I think this is a different level we, we may need a different term for this for what exactly happened with her, with taylor swift attending a football game at arrowhead and the response since it's just been ridiculous in a fun way yes yes absolutely in a fun way this is one that i not going to be any on stage or on field issues or lack of performance or anything. So yes, let's just have fun with this. There's nothing, very few bad and all. I although I you know, being small sample, but Travis Kelsey did have one of his better games, um, <laughs> considered in uh, catch percentages, and he did score touchdowns. So I yeah, I mean you, you run with that, and it's a W too. So yeah, can't, can't come from there. Um, I yeah the. I, okay, so yeah, I'm not I'm not a Swifty, but I'm not a hater by any means. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm on board with this. Uh, my my only drawback this is and this would be my own little niche is, is that I was cheering for the Taylor Swift Fernando Alonso, um, but <laughs> and, sure does and I would fake, but also, yeah, yeah, yes, definitely, that's, definitely that's, fake. That's true. That would have been true. yeah, um, but but yeah, that's you know, and of course Fernando's racing since. Since that was disproven or whatever, it's come out false. His racing's fallen apart pretty bad. So, Travis, be careful. Um, you know, it's so. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do want to ask so, Sweetie, the, the 1980, the re release of 1980, is there a date for that yet? Yeah, it's when, October 27th, I believe. Oh, so see, here's the big miss. Because October 5th is Travis Kelsey's birthday. Who was also born in 1989? Maybe that's why she picked him. Like I, 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 it's like this seems like a miss now. Like golly, that could have been. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to take the conspiracy theory like a step further? Yes. Um, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> what if we ever said no to that on this podcast? Um, but like, okay, so so you mentioned, you know, that, that he'd had a, a good game um, yep. when she showed up and also that, you know, Fernando Alonso, you know, fake or not, has, has been performing rather poorly. Uh, those rumors were disproven. So hear me out. Taylor Swift, known Eagles fan, like go listen to the lyrics of Gold Rush if you don't believe me. I believe, she, I think she actually officially confirmed this at some point too, but, you know, she says in Gold Rush, my Eagles t-shirt hanging from the door. So we know she's an Eagles fan, right? And she, she grew up in writing, so that does make sense. So I was going over and over in my mind, like, well, why wouldn't she go out with somebody like Jalen Hurts instead of Travis Kelsey? Like, he just, that looks easy. He's like a dude who's probably read a book, like, at some point in life, you know, a little bit more chill, you know, a little bit less, like, football for lack of a better way of putting it, than Travis Kelsey. 
and, and he's an eagle and she's an eagle fan. So what if, what if this is all an elaborate plot? Come back to the script here. Again, we're coming back to the NFL script. Taylor Swift, known Eagles fan. So how could you help your team? You go out with Travis Kelsey. You break up with him right before the Super Bowl. And then the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Because Travis Kelsey cannot perform. Heartbroken. He's yeah, heartbroken. He's, and, and look what happened to the Chiefs in week one when they didn't have Travis Kelsey. And if Travis Kelsey is heartbroken and, and cannot play well, then... You know, and maybe, maybe it was all an Eagles fan-driven conspiracy all along. Man, that is playing, the, that is playing the long game, like seriously playing the long game. And this, yeah, this is I, a woman who has us solving puzzles like years in advance to tell us what is coming with her albums, and we all just like little good little sheep do it. So, <laughs> you know, if anyone can play a long game, it's Taylor. That's fair. That's fair. That's can I go? Can I go another direction though? Let's let's say this one doesn't like you're saying this Peter's out and it doesn't work. But Travis has some amazing on-field performances while dating Taylor. At that point, if it's there, and then we realize that the either rumors or or, or truth or whatever it is, but if you are attached to, you are dating Taylor, and on-field performances are escalated. At that point, I would like Taylor to start dating Shohei Otani. You know, I think it would fix his elbow. It would make more sense than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I'm just gonna okay. I'm just gonna throw it out there because I I've been I've been reading all these conspiracy things about this. Uh, Samantha, we've had conversations about this. I'm just gonna throw it out there. What if the actual conspiracy is they actually are dating? What if they, oh I what if they I think really outstanding. are? Oh, like they're really seriously dating? Yes. I just don't buy it. I can't. Like, what are they going to talk about? What do these two people have to talk to each other about? Like, I just, like, I, you know, Taylor's, like, she's talking about, like, British poets from the 1800s. And, you know, we have a song about, you know, that's a, a, like, very deep reference to great expectations. Do you think Travis Kelsey read that, or or do you think he paid somebody to take that test for him in high school? Which of those things do you think is true? Well, he obviously paid somebody to take the test, but they they could talk about the annexation of Puerto Rico. I mean, that's that's a football play, and it's also, like, a historical event. Like, Like, you know, come on. Well, the real joke of this, right, is that people always say that, like, oh, the Swifties could probably, like, hack the CIA if given enough time. So it's like, so the Swifties are going to have football figured out in about three weeks. It'll be interesting to see how many of the football people can actually figure out the Taylor Swift lyrical references. <laughs> like, and this is where I really worry about Travis. Like, I just don't I know bet, if he can hack it. <laughs> I bet the Swifties knew to go for the touchdown instead of kick a field goal quicker than Josh McDaniels. Oh, don't be jumping topics. We're getting to that next. <laughs> I did. Josh McDaniels. I, what if she gave to Josh McDaniels? I would, I would, we would have to stage an intervention. Like, Taylor, are you okay? Like, <laughs> she went out with Josh McDaniels. Oh, my God. That's the worst thing I can imagine. Um, no, I won't say that. I won't say that. I have worse. There are worse things. Pete Davidson? That. Yeah, that well, isn't he just the collective bar for like worst? Um, generally speaking, like for everyone, I, I was trying to think of like a worse NFL than Josh McDaniels. Um, 
who is it? I don't know, but there's got to be one. There is something worse than that. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to give another dose of this because uh, she is she, Taylor Swift is going to be in New York for Chiefs Jets. So, round two coming up. <laughs> I have a sudden interest in attending a Jets game. Um. <laughs> I know you're right there. You're, I, I'm wondering. Are, are we going to get Taylor Swift mentions in the pregame everywhere, starting with Thursday Night Football? Like, are we going to have segments about this on every pregame show from Thursday yes. through Monday night? You think so? Yeah. Yes. Well. <laughs> Irby, anything else you want to add to this before we move on? Since you I, well, I, I, I plan on, you know, jumbo Jumbotron shots of Taylor – uh, next play performances with Travis. That's what I'm gonna be tracking. You would track that. Probably got a spreadsheet all all lined up, don't you? Got it. Got everything, everything inputted. Yes. Got all your columns and your rows and your colors. But it's I and this is where uh, Samantha, you can help me with this. Uh, the colors I'm gonna have to do. It's not gonna be my usual colors. Is there Swifty colors? Does Taylor have specific colors? Yes, but they're album specific. Like each album has some colors that go with it. The clothing that matches the album has certain color schemes. So it would really depend on which album you're aiming for, which Taylor era you wanted, okay. because they each have a color. Like we think she has a bit of like synesthesia, um, the way that the, the colors work with all of this. Mm. So, so the so, yeah, could you know. be different albums. Yeah, yeah, you could do it. You've got, what, 10 albums to work with, I think? So 10 eras. Oh, yeah. So I can help you out with that. Um, I'll just let you know. Like, you know, if you go chrono, you'd probably go chronologically, right? So I can I can yeah. give you the, the colors and the sort of um, iconographic um, symbols if you wanted to put some emojis and, and some graphics into that. So we could work on that, too. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> like an art project. All right. Well, this is this is how big Taylor Swift was with the NFL this week because she bumped the seventy point scoring Dolphins to the second topic. <laughs> the Dol- the poor Dolphins. What if it's the wrong week for this? Like, like you know, they, they, they score seventy. They should have gone for the record. Let's start there. Uh, do you kick the field goal, Samantha? Do you, uh, yes, it's running up the score, and yes, it, it, it could be conceived as bad sportsmanship, but the idea of doing something that's never been done in the history of the NFL, I think, trumps that argument. I Wait, would you rather have Taylor Swift dating a critical player on your roster or 70 points? Hmm. You don't get to pick the game where it happens. Mm. Yeah, I knowing my luck, the seventy points are coming in a game I don't care about. Yeah, this is the problem. See, I think the safe bet is to go with Taylor, right? Yeah, because you can't say I want seventy in the Super Bowl, or everybody's going to pick that, right? You don't know where those seventy points are coming. But okay, so to answer your question, yes, you kick the field goal. Are you kidding me? This is professional sports, not children's pee wee football, like. I'm sorry, are we worried that the professional football players are going to have hurt feelings? Like, I no, kick the field goal. I just, this makes me insane. I am 
completely petty in this regard. Like I, we see it all the time in college football. I know that there's a purpose to it in college football that does not exist in professional football because we actually have a better scoring system there where, you know, we go by wins and losses instead of the opinions of 25 mysterious wizards um, who create a poll every week. Oh, I don't know. You know what? We're going to get down another bad path because I'm unhappy with the poll people this week, but yes, kick the field goal. I mean, do, do you think here, here's the question. Do you think if the roles were reversed that Sean Payton doesn't kick that field goal? Of <laughs> because, course. Yes, oh, yes he thank does. you. He absolutely kicks that field goal. Mike McDaniel, stop being a nice guy. Because you know what message you've sent? I want to be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. This is not a message you ever want to send as an NFL head coach. The message that you want to send is, I will rip out your heart and stuff it down your throat. Yes. Kick the field goal. Yeah. I agree. Irby, how about you? Are you kicking the field goal? Uh, yes, at the professional level, yes. Absolutely. Younger levels, uh, no. No need to do that run down the middle, and that's it. But at, at this point, yes. I, I, it, I love the embarrassing factor where we bring that in. It's like, well, I mean, it's just kind of embarrassing. You're humiliating them. You're beating them 70 to 20. They've humiliated themselves. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, he, he, he like, less humiliated by 70 points than 73. Yeah. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah. Humiliation was gone when when uh, when Devon got his what, third touchdown. Like, yeah, that was that was over a long time ago or, or he scored, yeah, he scored three. He scored, no, they both scored four. That's right. They both scored four. Uh, Mostert and, and a chain. Yeah, I, a, a chan. Um, yeah, I, no, kick the goal. Sorry. This isn't, this is, I, I mean, this is like the embodiment of what we all did um, playing Madden growing up. Like, like we did it too. You, went, you always went for the two. You always did the fake punt. And you kick the field goal with the other person on the other end screaming and yelling and throwing pillows at you while you're trying to kick the field goal. Tough, Sean Payton. Tough. You got, you got like, pillows on it. I had like actual footballs. Well, yeah, no, I, that that happened at one point, but then we broke one of my mom's flower, you know, flower vases, and oh, so well, no, no, that'll do it. do it anymore. But I kicked the field goal too then, and you kicked the field goal here because I and there is a way, I, and that's the beautiful thing with professional sports. There is a way to keep Miami from having to make that decision. It's called playing defense. <laughs> I. Big concept, I know. Big concept. Yeah, no, kick go go. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, let, let's talk about this Dolphins offense, that's Samantha, because Tua is looks as good as I think we've ever seen Tua look right now. They've got weapons that hasn't I mean it looked at three and oh. Are we buying this are we buying this offense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's gonna be an interesting test when they go up against a better defense Mm -hmm. um you know they've seen some mediocre defenses and then a truly horrendously bad one this week so i mean you know we got dolphin bills this week so that ought to be interesting because you're going against another team that can Mm -hmm. put a lot of points on the board so that's a test for your defense too which has not been particularly good they're not bad but they're not exceptionally good so it's going to be interesting to see if miami can truly just score at will or if they get into a situation where it's like, well, if it's a boat race, which it very well could be with the Bills offense and the Dolphins offense and then their respective not-so-great defenses, then, you know, are we talking about a game where it's just like, who's got the ball last? Maybe. Like, we're about to find out. But am I buying the offense in general? Am I buying this team in general? Yes, absolutely I am. 
You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, this is how bad the Broncos are. Uh, the Dolphins just put 70 points on you guys, and we're asking if we're buying this offense or not. That should tell you a lot <laughs> about the Broncos' defense. Irby. Well, and their, their opening is like a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bears, if you want to know how bad the Bears are. Wow. Like, should you just lost by 50 points, and your opening is a favorite. Like, that's and the, what's great one, And the Dolphins are opening up as an underdog. That's insane. <laughs> oh my god Vegas what is you doing baby it is, <laughs> it is the same two and a half for both <laughs> that's fantastic Irby at, at least at least Miami's on the road Denver is also on the road playing in Chicago wow. the favorites so yeah um, unfortunately Miami doesn't play Chicago so that could have been but, uh, that's okay they're playing for that first pick yeah, yes, I'm buying the team. Absolutely. I think we all kind of expected Miami to be uh, competing for this division, competing for the postseason. Uh, they're not going to put up 70 points every week. So let's, you know, hey, it was fun, awesome, great. And this is where good coaching comes into. Enjoy it. Monday morning, time to move on. You're in Buffalo next week. Uh, you know, I mean, batting down the head, it's, it's a brand new game. And, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that about the defense, and, and I want to see a little bit more of what happens when they play something because you've played one smart, uh, coach, one well-coached team. That's, that's the nice way of saying it. you played the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Broncos. So you played one well-coached team. And it was you, obviously a win and a one-point, a one-possession you know, one, uh, win. So a hard-fought, good W, great job. That's what you're going to see going forward, and we, I think we'll see that again this week in Buffalo. Uh, so, yes, I'm buying Miami. It's not going to be this big. I think this spoke more of how much of a train wreck is in Denver than how great things are going in Miami, even though things are going pretty well in Miami. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and, the, yeah. and you know, the thing is, like, like at this point, like, don't even bother. Don't even bother showing the film to Denver. Don't, don't even – <laughs> don't you just burn the tapes at this point? Like, hold on, do you think do you think Denver even watched film after that? Or do you just do the same thing? Is this pun? Like, okay, forget it. <laughs> just get rid of it. Because like, here's the thing. And, and I'm, I'm actually being half, half um, serious here with this. If you're that de- if you're a player on that on that defense, if there is something that you could learn from that film, you have no business being in the National Football League. Because you, everything you did, you should already know not to do. No, I agree with you. I think you light that film on fire and move on. Yes. Like, because either it's just painful to rewatch something that I don't think you necessarily need to revisit, or you can actually learn something from it, at which point, like, you're screwed anyway. So, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and that, <laughs> if, if, if done properly in Denver, you could turn that mindset. Of, of, I would do that exact thing of burn that thing right in front of everyone and go, I was off, you were off, he was off, we're all off. Forget about it. Okay? You got Chicago, you got the Bears and the Jets coming up. Time to get yourself two and three. Yeah, I mean, but well, I, I, if you're Denver, aren't you trying to tank anyway this year? So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's and, and then there's the other thing. Like, this is a big, this is a big game coming up here with Chicago. <laughs> this is, this is draft pick. <laughs> Bottom feeder Super Bowl. Yep. But wait, no, wait, wait, wait. But Denver doesn't have a pick. Didn't they send their first round picks for for the Sean Payton? Um. Yes, although they do have other picks, so I would. Think would well, yeah. Too. This was it a Mike Ditka for Ricky Williams here. Although, wait, was that a first round pick? Was that a first round pick for this year? 
I believe is it? so. I actually don't. Somebody remember. look into this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Uh, 2023 first rounder or 2024 second rounder. Okay, so they so they do have a first rounder They're, this year. Okay. Yeah. So they so do. The second okay, so They already gave up the first. Right. Got it. So, yeah. Okay. So you are in the tank bowl. Okay. God, I just, mm-hmm. Yep. I just feel bad for There you go. That was the Bears. Can you imagine walking around the streets of Denver right now and being like, man, when does Rocky season start again? Oh, that's right. We're still finishing this bad one. Oh, as the person on the wrong end of the drive, no, I do not feel bad for Denver. Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Watch me. Let me get out my tiny violin for you. And two, Denver they just won an NBA final. So, no, no, no boo-hooing. Okay, 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 okay. Just try to toss poor Broncos and Rockies fans a bone. No. Rock, you're, you're, okay. So, Rockies. Right. I, I do feel a little bad for Rockies fans. Um, like because they yeah. couldn't get to 81 and 81 exactly <laughs> well they didn't meet their goal to, to be fair they got the right side of 81 pretty quickly it was that darn left side 81 they didn't get you know. yeah that, that 81 wins that is a little bit tougher <laughs> yeah yeah all right Okay, so let, let's let's talk about some injuries to some quarterbacks before we get into baseball topics. Uh, let's start, uh, Samantha. Let's start with Joe Burrow, who pushed his calf in in a game. And, and it, I'll be honest with you, this this kind of bugged me. Not not that he played. His reasoning behind playing bugs the hell out of me uh, because the calf is not something you, you mess around with. That is something that can linger and linger for an entire football season and his explanation was it was worth the risk because Owen three was a worse risk. Well, what if it was both? What if it was Owen three and oh by the way you're out for the next eight weeks because you aggravated that calf and this time made the injury worse or you win the game and you still aggravate that calf and you're out for the next eight weeks because you made it worse. I don't understand that logic at all. I don't get it. 0-3 is not as bad as being out half the year with a calf injury. Oh, I think that was just a, a poor choice of in a sound bite. I, I think that's I think we're putting too much stock in like the rah rah quote. Um <laughs> of like what else is it what was he gonna say? You know, obviously this was a decision that was made shortly before the game. Once you're in there, yeah, that's you have to say something like that, right? Like I, I think this is a throwaway quote that's being over analyzed um you know I, I don't think anybody including joe burrow believes that it would be worse to go 0 and three than to be out for the entire season so I, I think that's getting overblown um that said i <laughs> i don't know that you're doing yourself any favors by getting out there and like squeaking a win by somebody, if you're going to, you know, you mentioned this stuff lingers, right? This is one that can linger. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you're making a call about whether if it's going to take you half the season to fix it, then you might as well play on it because you're going to be out of it by then. So you take the chance, I guess. But, like, if this is something that potentially could improve within two to three weeks, like, do you trust your team, which, I mean, this is maybe this is what we read into that quote, 
clearly he does not trust his team to right. get anywhere without him, and he's probably correct about that. Yeah. So I get it from that perspective. So maybe that's more what we're thinking about here. Is it's like, okay, so he has just said the quiet part out loud, as you would say, that like, okay, so Joe Burrow knows the same way the rest of us do that like the Bengals are like really up a creek without him. <laughs> so he's chosen to do the like, well, 60, 60% of Joe Burrow better than, I, I don't even know who the, who's the Bengals backup. Does anyone know? Um, just clearly Jake Browning, the, the rookie from Washington. Okay. I understand then why he felt the need to go out there. Um, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Un, undrafted rookie too. <laughs> So, yes, a person who is not intended to see the last day. Um, why, we might ask, did you not <laughs> roster someone? Same question we might ask the Jets, you know, like um, maybe somebody who's like sort of half competent would be a great idea, maybe. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yikes. No, they were they were too busy grabbing a, a punter in that situation late late rounds, you know, as opposed to getting another quarterback that would make a lot of sense. But hey, you know what? You you keep on doing your thing there, Cincinnati, because I I I'm with you too. I don't think this is too big of a deal. I'm not overly concerned about it. But the lingering issue, yes, that can, you know, I, I it's definitely something to to factor in. I. I I, and, and the other thing too is, is it's why I don't think he was it was that bad, and I think he was fine playing that game. Is you know what you're going into? This is a game against the Rams. You got Aaron Donald there. Like that is, you you are definitely putting yourself in a situation where this one one solid hit and it's over, season wise. And I, whatever. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that. It's rallying the troops. It's getting things back on track. So I, hopefully, this is the beginning of turning things around. I think it's a little more scary that he said he's using Aaron Rodgers as a resource to help get himself back to 100%. So, yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> oh, boy. Cue the leashes. Yikes. All right. Well, uh, a couple others. Uh, we've got uh, Derek Carr. He uh, has a sprained AC joint. And Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. Now, they're, they're, they're not ruling Jimmy G out, which is so NFL. <laughs> in concussion protocol. Well, he still might play next week. Oh, boy. Okay. Here we are. Which one of these is bigger? Samantha, which one is it? Which 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 team is going to be impacted more on this one? Well, I mean, I think to me the biggest issue with what happened with Jimmy isn't the actual injury. It's the fact that like, you know, when he got hit in the head by Minka Fitzpatrick, like he just went back into the game. And then later they were like, he's in concussion protocol. And Josh McDaniel was like oh, we don't know when it happened. And you're like, were you watching the same game as the rest of us? Look, looking, like, at, looking at his just, decision We saw that. I don't think so. I Did someone helmet to helmet you, Josh McDaniels? Are you in concussion protocol? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's not a, a lasting impact issue. The, the Derek Carr thing, like, yeah, maybe. I mean, again, lucky, luckily not as bad as they feared. Um, it's got to be disappointing, of course, since they have looked, I think, better than anyone expected. But, I mean, who is, what are we, are we, are we even, is this a Jameis Winston situation now? Ooh. Is that still Jameis? Is he the backup there? I'm not, I'm not great with backups yes. this year. Guys. Oh, no, it is. Oh, and that's, man. Uh... You guys, we have a tremendous opportunity here then. This is fantastic. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to wish injury on you. Anyone? Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't mean to wish injury on almost anyone, and I certainly don't mean to wish it on Derek Carr. But like, all Jameis opportunities are 
delightful. So I'm excited about this. Mm. Davis, thirty <laughs> thirty, here we come! Yay! Oh, probably. All I'm the just same kidding. Game. Derek Carr's gonna be back in three weeks, but no. So I said we'll get thirty for thirty in one game. Could you imagine? I mean, It'd be so great. Is is it so far fetched? I mean, you. you Routinely, what, that Taylor Swift was in a Chiefs game and somebody scored seventy points in another game. Like I, yeah. that is I mean, not at all far fetched. Yeah, for the script. I mean, if if, if Jameis really wants to apply himself, he'll probably have sixty pass attempts. He just has to do complete thirty and throw thirty to another guy on, on another team. It, it's come on, come on, Jameis. I believe in you. It's you doable. Ermy, do do <laughs> anything you want to add here? I it, aside from the the desire to get my Madden game out and see if I can pull off a thirty thirty in one game, that do I think that's that's doable and, and so yeah maybe I, look, no I'm with you too I, I think that this is a better situation for the Saints just because of what they have there of uh, basically Jameis Winston and you know it's going to come up but it's going to be Taysom Hill in there as well um, that's that's all going to play out again so it's just you know the. The same thing there in New Orleans, and because of that, this is a little bit easier for them to get through than with the Raiders situation of losing if Jimmy G misses time. Although, again, Smithy loving the backups here. We're rolling with these. Their backup out there in, in Las Vegas is one Brian Hoyer. I, I'm a huge fan of Brian Hoyer, but I would not say that that makes me feel good about their chances. <laughs> also true. I, I can see him and Devontae Adams having some some. Some, some moments. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's switch over to baseball uh, because obviously we are in the last week of the regular season. Now, I did want to kick this off real quick, Samantha. Before we get to your your stuff, I, I have a PSA after what I saw last night um, in the Mariners Astros game. Quick quick PSA for those of you that are new to baseball: um, a foul ball is not subject to bleacher rules. It doesn't matter who hits it. You can keep that. You damn sure don't have to throw it to your starting pitcher and hit him in the gut while he's waiting on a ball from the umpire. Okay? Just, just get that. A home run hit by the opposing team, you're more than welcome to throw that in the field, preferably away from a player. But a foul ball, kind of hang on to that yourself. Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> I... Wait, so a fan threw a ball back and hit the pitcher? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Straight, straight in the chest. Yeah. George Kirby got drilled in the chest. By a, by a okay. Mariners fan who thought he had to throw it back because an Astro hit it. Okay, but why did he throw it at the pitcher? I would love okay, it. That's, not, that's <laughs> not how we do this. Like, also, how dumb is George Kirby? Like, I, I'm sorry, that guy, again, like, rocks for brains. Like, right up there with Travis Kelsey. Like, he's, he's had a couple of moments this year where I just really wonder about him. Like, is he in concussion protocol? Like, how did you not see that coming? Like, did the fan, yeah, the fan had a rocket arm and, like, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, you don't have to do that. But anyway, well, this, this is now a Rangers podcast for anyone who's listening since, you know, one of our teams is out of it. So this is now just a Rangers podcast. Fair warning. <laughs> Can we also, I would like that fan suspended for the also reason of the fact that the Houston Astros were on the field and you missed. It was a perfect opportunity to throw a ball at an Astro player. Come on. Fair, fair. Yes, I agree. Yeah, if you're going to, you got to make that throw count if you're going to do that. Like, I mean, I know you would have to aim really low, but you had an opportunity to hit Jose Altuve with that ball. And you probably have to bowl it because he is so tiny, but... 
Yeah, I, you're right, man. I, I, I don't. I'm, the most accurate arms can't hit Altuve. I mean, he's, he's really tiny. He was a tiny target, so yeah. <laughs> Mad, Maddox could do it. Maddox could do it. Yes. <laughs> Probably not random Mariner fan now. No, um, no, no, probably not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Samantha, the floor is yours. What are we leading off with a baseball tonight? Okay, well, I, you know what? That was a great intro for, for the first thing I wanted to talk to you guys about since you're talking sort of about internal sabotage and because I would like to speak to you about internal sabotage. Ooh. So um, we don't get a lot of opportunities to speak about another one. This is my lucky week. You guys, all of my hobbies are crossing with all of my other hobbies. We had Taylor Swift and football, and now we have spycraft and baseball. So now obviously we're not a fan of like the Astros style of, you know, spy things. And, you know, what you really want is a, a real life spy. You don't want Mo Berg, okay? you know, the guy who was an actual OSS spy in world war two, as well as a professional baseball player. Super cool. Highly recommend his, his uh, biography, by the way, if you haven't read it. But the Padres also have a spy. Unfortunately, this is not a spy who is, like, stealing state secrets from the Dodgers or anything cool like that. No, 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 no. This is more like internal affairs. Like, this is the ultimate narc. So what happened was, apparently, A.J. Peller, in his infinite wisdom... Um, was doing that thing, and many sports teams do this, and I, I, for the most part, I, I think it is a positive. They, they go and, and see you know other teams from other leagues and other sports play in, in other countries, kind of see how other people do things, see if you can pick up some advantage that you know your competition doesn't know about. And somehow he ended up in New Zealand and found himself just completely besotted with a professional softball player there. So this man, whose name is Don Tricker, Yes, that's his real name. You cannot make this stuff up. So Don Tricker, the professional softball player, was hired away from whatever it is that he was doing there. Unclear whether he was playing softball or something something about rugby involved in this. Unclear. Anyway, AJ made a friend. He hired his friend. He brought his friend home. He put his friend, who is, again, his credentials are he's a professional softball player, put him in charge of the medical department and the analytics department. What could go wrong? Hmm. But more importantly, he also sends him to players-only meetings, spy on the players, and report oh. back. Oh, so no. anyway, there, the calls are coming from inside the house, you guys. This is just amazing. It kind of reminds me a little bit. I, I know this is a bit different because we were talking about more like pouring poison in the owner's ear in this situation. But doesn't this remind you just a little bit of like the Grima Worm Tongue situation with the Texans with the bunny? Yes. Like, I mean, it's like, again, like the internal sabotage is very real here. Don Tricker, possible Dodgers employee. Like, like is he a double agent? Ooh. Like, I mean, that would explain a lot, actually. I mean, we know the Dodgers, the Dodgers have had some dodgy, pardon the pun, dealings in other countries with the way that they are sort of approaching their international scouting. So who's to say they can get there first? Maybe Don Tricker is a plant. Hmm? You know, <laughs> I sound I just, insane tonight. Uh, wow. I'm going to listen back to this podcast and be like, you sound nuts. No, um, no. I, I, you made me immediately think of the Naked Gun series of movies. Like, this is... This is what this is, uh, but and the it, name fits that too. But it, you know, it, right? But but 
What it does do is, is it gives a little bit of clarity to the stories coming out of San Diego right now with Bob Melvin not being happy and not being on the same page with Preller. Now there's talk there may be a shakeup in the front office in San Diego. Like, all of us starting to make yeah, sense now. Yeah, because Don was probably ratting on him. Right. Like, I mean, we joke, but, like, there were some pretty serious issues going on there. You know, this was just one piece of the puzzle in terms of all the right. sort of interesting reporting that came out about the Padres. And, you know, because there was a lot of talk, too, about the fact that, like, Color was, like, basically running his employees into the ground, that this is a guy who basically just, like, doesn't sleep, doesn't eat, has no hobbies, you know, which I... I think you kind of have to be a little bit that way to, to be a general manager in professional sports. But to expect every employee you have to, like, I don't know, like, you know, not celebrate their child's birthday or, like, not sleep ever is, like, a bad way to go. And there's been some discussions about working, almost like working the players too hard, mm-hmm. like, before, after games or what have you, which I think is probably valid. And, you know, a guy like Bob Melvin, who's a, a bit more of an old school manager, is not going to like that. And I'm sure... He didn't like having, you know, the weirdo spy from New Zealand, like, sitting in on his meetings and then reporting back to the general manager. Like, I, yikes. <laughs> it's such, God, Irby is such a preller move, too. I, yeah, there you go. That's, that, there's some truth there. I am loving this, absolutely loving this, and I hope the Padres keep it up and, um, maybe Don needs to be the manager next year or something like that. He can report from the dugout via the phone all the time to AJ. But yes, this is um, Mets of the West, right? Mets of the West. This is, I, I guess this thing kind of flips it back and now we have to refer to the Mets as the Padres of the East. Cause this is, <laughs> I, it's amazing what that team is attempting to do to sabotage itself. And, and then at the same time, have moments like this where, oh, look at this incredible winning streak, and they're doing so great. Like, yeah, you're running out of time. Like, it's not going to happen, guys. <laughs> a lot. The stars won't align everything. So, I know. I sit back, enjoy the popcorn, everything. Um, so, I, while you're doing that, uh, also, do you maybe look into the Trigger family, see if there's some relation to Taylor Swift as well. Maybe there's a connection there as well. If that's the case, we should be really worried about the Chiefs. Like, really worried. <laughs> and that totally supports my theory that this is an Eagles plan, that she is yeah. an Eagles plan. I, Don Tricker, <laughs> Eagles fan from New Zealand. Yep. Don Tricker, also an Eagles fan. Wow. <laughs> Somehow really Mike Trout's involved in this also. Totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how, like, whether we whether we go, like, Mets of the, of, of the, of the West or – uh, Padres of the East. It, it's kind of like the winds in Mary Poppins. It just shifts every few weeks. Oh yeah, it's like they're to- it's a hot potato. They're tossing it back and forth. Like I, mm. <laughs> anything you can do worse, I can do better. <laughs> or it's like a competition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> An intercontinental version of uh, Ro- um, Red Rover, Red Rover. Let <laughs> someone else come. Yeah. Up. There you go. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Samantha, what's, what's next? <laughs> All right. Well, like, I think. But let, me, let me give you something a little less um, conspiracy-minded. Um, I just wanted to have a brief conversation about the, the language that we use about 
uh, when we refer to the baseball postseason, because there's been some confusion about this, some of which was caused by the fact that we were playing regular season games in October for a very long time, which kind of destroyed the whole October baseball thing. But, like, look, we have all this stuff, like the fall classic, the show, October baseball, postseason, playoffs. Like, there's just a lot of, like, language floating around out there, and I, I think that we should take an opportunity to kind of hone this a little bit, because, like, look, I... I think we need to throw out the show because I think of the show as like welcome to the show as in you're in the big leagues now. So like maybe we don't need that anymore. And like sure, like postseason playoffs, fine, sure, you know, generic sports terms for anything played after a regular season, that's fine. But to me it's like I think that the fall classic needs to apply exclusively to the World Series. I, yeah. I don't think that means playoff baseball. The fall classic is the World Series. What comes before it is October baseball. Or you can just say playoffs if you're feeling boring. But, like, October baseball, fall classic. Yes? Where are you guys at on this? Oh, I'm, I'm 100% with you on this. Absolutely. Uh, fall, for me, I, I didn't even realize people were calling the, like, all of the playoffs the fall classic. The fall cl- you got the Midsummer Classic, which is the All-Star Game, and the Fall Classic, which is the World Series. That's, that's, I think it's because it's a term that dates to before there were playoffs when all there was was a World Series. Uh, and then I, there, I think there was some confusion there. But to me, it's like, no, the Fall Classic is the World Series. Like, that is, it's a series. So, it's the singular. Rest of it, there you go. Yes. Singular. Yes. The Fall mm-hmm. Classics. <laughs> right. Fall Classic. Classic guy. <laughs> yeah. Fall Classic. No, yeah, no, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you uh, on, on, on all of that. Um, call it the playoffs. Pull a Bill Parcells, call it the tournament. But the dance. The dance. <laughs> Are we, agree, we all agreed that that's basketball and that we're staying yes. away from that. Yes. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Irby, yes. any thoughts here? I no fall fall classic is the World Series. Uh, the you know October October baseball refers to um, postseason, and if you're the Twins, it's called Kryptonite. <laughs> oh, every now and then you made me actually laugh out loud, buddy. All right, you're up. What's next? I well, I'll go serious first. Um, as we talk about getting close to October baseball and the team that is potentially going to uh, be competing for the fall classic. Uh, the, the Dodgers out there in Los Angeles, one of those teams out there in California that's got it all kind of put together. <laughs> Not a lot of them out there in Southern California got it put together, but these guys do. And one of the weird things about this Dodgers team is that starting rotation. Uh, it is so interesting over these years as we've watched these Dodgers teams, you know, the ebb and flow of them and, and always being there. And the the constant that we've always seen has been Clayton Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw. But it, it's for I, 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 I want to get y'all's take on this, too. It's fascinating for me just watching how he has been the guy. And at times he's been the number two guy. And there's always, oh, well, we added him and we added this. And when we well, we got this young guy and then here. And how all that, whether it's from left from free agency, trade, injuries, all that, all those things, it always ends up coming back to Clayton Kershaw. And if he's getting it done, you know, as, as he goes, the Dodgers go. And it's been a good season. Uh, and, and what thing, you know, is Clayton's getting a little bit older. His innings are down. And that's not a bad thing. You know, that, that's something that the Dodgers could afford as good as they are. And, and it is a rotation that goes into the postseason where it is, the Kershaw Lynn one two and it looks like Bobby Miller will probably be the three, 
and and pitching in game four might be Emmett uh, Sheehan, but we'll see. I mean, with Gonsolin getting injured throughout the year, uh, Dustin May as well, Walker Bueller still on the on the men, you know, guys like that. It's this this next man up mentality. Um, and I know that they go out and they add Lynn, which is a great job done there at the deadline. But I, I, I for me, every time I was looking at this topic and, and going through it in this ebb and flow, I just always kept coming back to, like, they, Clayton Kershaw is just that mainstay. I mean, that's two-thirds of a season, but he's ready for October baseball. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to, as we continue with these turns, if you're going to get yourself to that all class, if you're going to get to the World Series, you will need Clayton Kershaw to perform. And he's doing that right now. And I, I, it's wonderful to see just from the history of what the Dodgers have had over this last decade that he is that guy right now. You know, Samantha, we, we talked about the Dodgers for the last handful of years for obvious reasons, but the one thing we've talked about more than anything is their depth in the rotation. It seems like it's finally being tested, and this is not the year you want that tested with the Braves sitting out there. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think it's sort of like, I mean, yes, like Clayton Kershaw's great, and you know, I hope he gets squat on top, and I'm happy for him, blah blah. But um, yeah, I think what's interesting to me about this is the same thing is that we've always kind of like said half jokingly about how, oh, they just kind of create pitchers at will, right? When one goes down, it's next man up. But they've had more. That's been tested more just in general in terms of how many times they have had to kind of repeat that process this season. And as you have pointed out, you know, you, you're facing a, a pretty significant juggernaut in the Braves there. And we all know how the baseball postseason works. It's not necessarily the best team. It's the hottest team. But the Braves look pretty unbeatable right now. And I don't know that, like, the scrap heap rotation and Clayton Kershaw is going to be enough to beat them. So that does, you know, to your point, Irby, kind of drive up the, the pressure on a guy like Clayton Kershaw to kind of lead the staff. But it also means that, you know, there's a number of other people. And realize that realistically you're only using three to four starters here unless you're talking about guys coming out of the pen in a postseason series, of course. But, like, who are who are your three to four guys right now if you're the Dodgers? Like, who are you completely comfortable putting out there against – like let's let's assume it shakes out the way that the seeding would say it would. Let's let's say it really does end up being Dodgers Price in the NLCS. Who are you pitching? Other than Clayton Kershaw. Who you throwing out there? That's the fun part. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? But and, and I'm not saying that to say that, oh, it's gonna be a disaster. They can't do it. I'm saying it's weird because we don't know. Right. Like we don't. <laughs> we don't. Oh, and it's and that's where I it, it's the tough decision coming up. I, I think Bobby Miller is kind of their number two at this point of the season, how he's been doing. But, you know, Lance Lynn's got the history there, but not a lot of postseason history. I mean, he's got some and everything, but it's, I, I, I'm, I'm Kershaw Miller and Lynn as your three. But, yes, it, it, when, when talking about going up against a Braves lineup that has nine hitters with uh, 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases, it just appears that way, but sometimes, uh, yeah, this is, gets a little bit harder because this is not like like it's one thing in the postseason. Great, awesome, you got the Marlins. Kershaw can take you know, Kershaw Miller. Lynn can take care of business there. But once you get that series against the Braves, if it happens, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I 
please please happen. Just just can we can we skip all the other NL playoffs and just have these two play like a best of all thirteen? You know, it's, it's no, it's I no, I hate that. No, I know, no, I know, it's, so I know. it's the worst. It's the worst. You, this is some Yankee fan stuff right here. Like nobody else counts. Let's just put the two best teams out there, and we'll only watch them forever. Like okay, ESPN. You know the thing is though, like. Where the Braves are at right now, because I agree with you. Like everyone, everyone's in agreement on this one. Like this is not up for de- up uh, for debate. The, the Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball. Doesn't mean they're going to win it. And I'm just giving not, him a hard don't. time about the fact that he wants to see the Yankees versus the Red Sox no, forever. I know, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, yeah. when is the when is the undisputed? If there is when there is an undisputed best in baseball, when do they actually win the World Series? And that's my point. It's right? rare. It's like, rare. I, like, I never want mm-hmm. to be the undisputed best team in baseball because something happens. It's, Hard to agree. <laughs> it's baseball. So while, yeah, I, I, I would be incredibly surprised if the Atlanta Braves do not win the World Series because they are that good. Something always happens to teams that are that good, that are that mm-hmm. heads and shoulders better than the, rest of the, than the rest of the league. Something trips them up. Something. Yep. Be at the short and, and the series. Dodgers know that better than anybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of a, Exhibit A, B, C, D, and E. Uh, <laughs> some, I mean, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's because somebody was stealing your signs, like, you know, 2017. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but, you know, other times, you know, <laughs> the baseball gods. Um, I just want Lenslin to have a moment, you guys. I just want Lenslin. God, you gotta, you gotta love the irony of, of, of the Dodgers winning the World Series this year after, after what's happened the last handful of years. Right, you just have to love it <laughs> if they yeah. actually get it done. <laughs> just want Lance Lynn to have an opportunity to throw his belt at an umpire in a World Series game. That's oh, what I want. That'd be awesome. Okay, Irby, what's next? And then, and then Joe Kelly come in and kind of frown at the umpire afterwards. <laughs> yes. 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 A a bit, let's work yes. on the, the forget the NFL script. Let's work on the baseball script. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, um, in humor, for humor's sake, uh, the the other bit that I would love to talk about is, is as we get into October baseball, and we it is just around the corner, um, and it's super exciting, and, and we're seeing these teams as, as the games are coming in, and we're we're I mean, what do we got? Seven. We're halfway. Half the field is a little halfway done. You know, and when we're getting closer, and it's this is great, and, and only a few left. Um, but there's one team who is in, and I, it's super exciting. They they've accomplished the goal because that is kind of that goal. As you, as you go through the season, you know, it's the it's the winning record, it's the playing good, you know, important games in September, it's winning the division, you know, and and from there, and the and the the path continues there. And this team has done that; they've won that division, but. Unfortunately, as we reach these last couple of days of September, as we turn that calendar to the, the, the month that houses some of the best sports that we have and just so much going on, and the Fall Classic being one of them, and we, we turn that calendar to October baseball, uh, we do have a team that has made it to the postseason, and that's it. Because that's what the goal is every year. It's, it's get there. It's just get there. It's win the division, and then we don't play in October. And so because of that... I know it's been a bit, but I but I but I've got to got to bring out a death code uh, for for the for, for for said team, and um, 
That would be, uh, I, I, it is time to bring out the walking, walking the bridges of the Mississippi River. Um, and this is a reference to, there are there is a pathway of 19 bridges between Minneapolis and St. Paul. Oh, wow. And it is something that they can do. And you can walk all 19 of these bridges. And I think it's fantastic because we are now celebrating 19 years since the Twins <laughs> won a playoff game. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so great. Wow. First of all, I didn't know that was a thing. It's kind of cool. I feel like I feel like that needs a marathon. Right, that needs to be like the path. Ooh, of, that, 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 agree. That needs to be like a path of a marathon. Uh, the, yes. the, 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 it's called the Nineteen Bridges Marathon. If it's not long enough, the Nineteen Bridges Five K. Whatever you got to do. But I, don't know, I like it. That's a good death code. What do you think, Samantha? That's a, that's a good one to me. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I mean, the important thing here is that like this is the first opportunity we've had to kill someone off before they were actually dead because we all know where it's going. So <laughs> you know, it's like terminal. Like, you know, this is sort of like one of those, like, if you're in, like, I don't know, some sort of, I don't know, like, this is like epic fantasy kind of stuff, right? Where, like, you know, the, the local, they take you to the Oracle, you know, when you're, like, 13, and they're like, guess what? You're going to die when you're 24, or 19. You're going to die when you're 19, I guess. Um, that's the twins, right? It is preordained. They're not going to win a postseason game. So we're holding the funeral now. like, And we're going to hold 19 funerals on 19 bridges or whatever it is. And it's going to be another 19 years before the Twins get another opportunity. And yikes. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is bad. It's the pre-funeral funeral. Like, just, like, imagine if you were dying and they had your funeral before you actually died. That's that's where we're at with this. <laughs> All right. Quick flip over. Let, let's talk about the uh, AL wildcard race because we're, we're, we're coming down to it now. As a reminder, we record this show on Wednesday. So as of right now, Houston and Seattle are about to kick off. Excuse me. They're about to have first pitch. Sorry, I mixed up my sports. Taylor Swift has me flummoxed. Okay. I'm mixing up my sports now. Just We're about to have first pitch between Seattle and Houston. Toronto is currently getting blanked. In New York, so, no, excuse me, in Toronto, but they're playing in New York. So, here's the question for you guys. Um, who's who's going to be the odd team out? We've got Toronto, Houston, Seattle right now are battling for that wild card spot. Technically speaking, you know, Houston and Seattle are still alive in the AOS, but that's going to take a collapse by the Rangers to get that done. Um, so, focusing on those three teams... There's only two spots. Which one is out? Samantha, let's start with you. Which one do you think is out? All right. So we're throwing Texas out of this discussion, right? Because they're they're in. They're good. They so should be, let's yeah. yeah, like I think we should throw the Rangers out of this. Um, so okay, so you know, I know we all want it to be Houston, guys, but I'm not sure I believe that. That would be wonderful if it was. It would be like the the stress relief of just not having them present in the postseason at all would be wonderful. Um, but I don't think it's going to be Houston. I think it's going to be Seattle. Um, I almost feel like the map says it has to be one of the two of them because of the head-to-heads. Right. Um, it's possible that they split, and then Toronto, like, you know, really wets the bed, and then they're probably the one that, that ends up out of this. But 
I, I worry a little bit about whoever is on kind of going into that series, whoever is at a disadvantage because you got to dig out of that hole and you can't do anything about Toronto. So you're in a position where, you know, if you're Seattle coming into this, then you're the guy who can't control your own fate right now. And I, I think you're always in trouble when that's you. So I have to look at Seattle as the team that's got the toughest road here. Plus they're getting hit by their, their, their own fans are hitting them with baseballs. So, you know, things aren't going your way. Yeah. You know, and, and with Baltimore doing what they're doing, the, the Rays are probably not going to have anything to play for when they do play Toronto this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another one in there. Yeah. And uh, that's a team that could afford to, that needs to rest pitching too. Yeah. So if they, they probably will if they yeah. can. Right. So <laughs> I, I, I do think it does get interesting if Seattle ends up beating Houston on Wednesday and, and getting that that series win because then they're a half a game up. Well then everybody's back in the mix, right? If that happens, then everyone's back in the mix. For who could be booted. Pretty much, yes. But it, but I think what's intriguing about that though is Seattle's got the tiebreaker over Houston. So there I do see if there is a path there. For Seattle to be that third wildcard team, I, you look at all the scenarios, though, Irby, I, I, I do agree. I, I think it's going to be either Houston or Seattle that's the odd team out. I uh, Yes, exactly what you said, and I know that Toronto just dropped that game um, with New York, so they got that 71st loss, and now only one game ahead of um, Houston. But again, what you're saying, with Houston and Seattle going tonight uh, with, with the Jays, Having that three-game series against Tampa Bay, where I, you know, depending on how the night plays out, this could be over. The East could be over, and the Rays are jam locked into that first wild card. So we get there, and yeah, Tampa's going into rest mode, and Toronto's going to find themselves the win. Whereas Seattle is playing a team that, you know, Seattle's about to start a four-game series against the Texas team, where it's not done yet. Those two are still fighting for some, and Houston gets that <laughs> three-game series against the Diamondbacks team that's still trying to get in the postseason as well. Yeah, um, I know they're sitting in and they're sitting pretty, but it will definitely not be decided once they get there. So, I, yeah, I mean, this is definitely how this plays out. As wonderful as this has been, it's been a lot of fun to see these four teams over the last couple of weeks. But it, this is the downside of when you're the, that team chasing, and it's Seattle here. And I have to – I'm going to, on paper, agree with, Samantha, what you said there. Of like, It just feels like it's a little bit harder for Seattle right now in that – Tonight is, I, I mean, you, you, last night, and it's funny, Seattle, it's that mindset. Seattle needs to be playing like you're already in a playoff series and you're losing that playoff series. Last night was, I mean, your season. You had, that was a must, it, we don't like the must win, but it's a have to win game. Last night was a have to win game for Seattle. And tonight is also one of those. Yeah. This is a have to win game because if you don't do that, it's, it's, it's just going to be too much. Um, and, and Again, it's not over with, especially with Houston playing that Arizona series. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I again, as I said that on paper, I, it looks like it's Seattle. But, I, man, I really want to put that. In. We're putting it out there in the universe. Baseball gods, it's for you. We'll sacrifice the chickens if we have to. But, man, Houston out of the playoffs is good for 99.9% of planet Earth. I'm telling you, I, guys, I, I do think it is a very distinct – it could happen. I, I, it's not. It's it's not so out of the realm of possibility for me that I'm not thinking about it because it's basically what I've been obsessing about all day is how that happens. <laughs> so, uh, but I do also agree because of of how these last few days look like they're going to shake out, and, and unless 
unless the Rangers are in a position to clinch and they clinch tomorrow or, or Thursday, excuse me, Thursday in Seattle, making those last three for Texas rest days, uh, then I think Seattle is going to end up being the odd team out. So uh, let's switch gears, though. Uh, let's talk about some in-stadium things that, that have started to pop up here. Uh, I guess we're, we're going to call them ballpark social spaces, right, Samantha? Ballpark social spaces. Yeah, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. we're talking about. So this is interesting. Uh, and it obviously it varies by ballpark. Uh, for example, Toronto has four of these social spaces. Now, you can reserve them as a group and <clears throat> buy t- it comes with a ticket to the game and you, you get you know, drinks and food and whatever. Um, and if, if no group buys that spot for that night, then anyone with a ticket can go and just kind of hang out and watch baseball from a different vantage point than, than your seat. Toronto's got pretty much everyone's got, now they're starting to actually put them in the older ballparks. I, I know Samantha, the guardians have them now. So what are you making of this? Like, is, is, are we, are we transitioning the in park experience like for, for the future? Like, this is going to be the future of the game. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, traditional ballpark seating will, will always exist. But, yeah, I think this is, look, this has been going on for a while. It's But it's really this year that we've seen sort of the, like, explosion of these things, right? And a lot of teams talking about putting one in that didn't have one, and a lot of teams putting in a second or a third one. You know, the Guardians have had one of these for a while out in right field, and it's worked pretty well for them. It's, I think, at least in part, responsible for some of the uptick that we've seen in attendance because I think what you're doing here is you're kind of like bringing in the casuals. You're bringing in the people who would love to spend Thursday night at a baseball game, but they're not necessarily there to live and die with every pitch. They just want to go and drink some beers and hang out with their friends, maybe meet somebody You know, I mean, it's a great, like, I mean, can we talk about the matchmaking aspect of this? That, you know, if you're like a 20-something and you're looking for a date and you like baseball, like, what better way to meet a person? Like, get off the apps and go to the ballpark. Like, (laughs) this is excellent. In fact, I should start a matchmaking service that just utilizes these (laughs) spaces. Like, that's going to be my advice to people. I will charge people for this and say, here's what you're going to do. Just go to the ballpark. Hang on the social space. Um... (laughs) But I, I love this. I think it's great. I think it's a really good way to get more casual fans into the ballpark. You're not detracting from the experience for the people who are there to kind of, you know, sort of eat, sleep, breathe baseball and want to be completely focused on the game. You've kind of got your own space there. It's a fun way to get, I think, younger people involved and, like we said, casuals. You know, and, and I think, it, you know, like, I mean, we're all, like, you know, eat, sleep, breathe baseball people, but I still think the social spaces are fun to hang out in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's great if you're with a group. Um, you know, if, you, if you're going with 10 of your friends to the ballpark, like, do you want to sit in a line, in a line 10 across, or would you rather just hang out in the social space? Or, like, what if you just have, a, like, a crappy seat, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. if a game sells out, you got a crappy seat, you can go down there, you probably got a better view of the ballpark anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it's fun to just mix it up with other fans, people you don't know. I mean, I know, like, for me, like, I've been asked before to do, like, meetups with, like, Twitter followers and stuff. And this is a really good way to do that. So you're not all just awkwardly standing around on a concourse where you can actually watch the game. So I think it's really an outstanding sort of situation, especially post-COVID when people kind of, like, forgot how to socialize, you know, yeah. but are, like, desperate for right. it. Like, this is a really, really good opportunity, I think, for people to 
get out to the ballpark and have a good time without having to commit too much. And a really great opportunity for teams to, to sell some more modestly priced tickets and to appeal to a different demographic than the people who are just going to show up at every ball game no matter what. Yeah, you know the Marlins have an outstanding one. It's it's, it's the the I think Picardi has the naming rights to it. It's a left center field, right where the really ugly sculpture used to be. Uh they had this now, uh, but it's right by the glass doors. So, so if, it's, if it's a night game, those are open. You've got a gorgeous view of, of downtown Miami. It's fantastic. So I, I actually find myself when I go to a Marlins game, I'm I'm there more than I'm in my seat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's know? fun to be in these, right? Even yeah. if you are very interested in the game. Because most of them, like, you know, you can see the you can see what's happening. They've done a good job with the way they've designed these, for sure. Yeah. Like, you're not going to miss the game. Right. Yeah. They, 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 yeah, it's – I love them. I, I think they're outstanding. I, I think they're going to help grow the game because, like, as you mentioned, you're going to get the casuals in there, and especially now that games aren't five hours long going to keep the casuals coming because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun mm-hmm. to, it's kind of it's also a nice change of pace for those even if you don't know what baseball is go to the same bars all the time or you can go to a ball game that also has a bar hey perfect we're going to change it yeah. up watch a little baseball something to do right like do. an activity yeah <laughs> like like i said this is a great way to meet people like yeah. i can tell you if i moved to a new city where i didn't know anyone and i was like single and had no friends there that's where i would go Right. It'd be a real easy way to strike up a friendship with somebody. Absolutely. Irby, you got any thoughts on this? I, I'm all for it. Like, it, it's, it, this doesn't sound like something that I would do, but that's because I'm a 40-year-old man that's usually going to games with my kids. And But I'm not a hater. I know I, if this is what's going to help grow the game, yeah, I'm on board for things like this as opposed to playing over in London or Germany. Um, series is like that. I would rather grow yes, it this way, grow it with the crowd, that, the youth that you have here. And so, sure. And, and I've seen similar things. Um, I know I've talked about it multiple times, with having the minor league, you know, where I'm at down the road and they do it. It's, it's Thursday night. And it's definitely something my wife and I are like, okay, we don't go to game on Thursday nights because Thursday nights, it's all about the youth crowd with all the promotions they have and everything they have. It is about getting 20 year olds out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do it. Fine. Awesome. Thank you for letting me know. I'll see you on Friday night when it's back to more of a, my kind of crowd, and that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board with this because there are plenty of people that are going there to, whether it's a see, be seen. Um, I, Smith, I'm loving your idea there of, of starting some kind of dating service. Um, Bo, if you want to work on baseball etiquette with everybody, when to throw a ball back, when not to. Um, I can work on basic statistics. You know, not deep, not too deep, but but definitely some of the, you know, this number matters and this number makes sense with this number and don't worry about wins with the pitcher because it doesn't really matter. Maybe it would be easier just to write a book. We each take a chapter. Baseball etiquette, sports etiquette. We can even branch out to other sports. I'm going to need more than a chapter. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we each get, I have a lot of thoughts on this. We each get a third of the book. <laughs> A long book. Uh, this might be a book. book. <laughs> we might. This might need to be a series, three series trilogy. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to remember a trade from baseball's past. Samantha, what do you have for Irby tonight? Tonight. All right. Well, this is our last trade of the season, so um, we are we are moving on. This is the last uh, trade segment for the year uh, before we, we get into. Uh, some different stuff. We've got some other interactive stuff coming up later this fall. In the meantime, I think we're going to be mostly 
involved with the, you know, heavy NFL schedule slash baseball playoff schedule. But, uh, you know, we do have one final trade and, and who knows, uh, let's remember some trades may, may return again in the future. But um, to, to send us off, I, I thought we would do a more recent trade and give everybody kind of a, an easier chance. I know some of these are kind of harder if they're older and if you haven't been following baseball that long or whatever. So uh, this is a relatively recent trade. This happened in the 2020 season at the trade deadline. And one of the teams involved was the Mets of the West. 2020. Is this trade deadline or offseason? This is trade deadline. trade deadline. This is on deadline day. Deadline day 20. That was the weird deadline day. What was that? August yeah, that's 30? the August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who did, who did, hmm. Obviously, they're buying. They're not selling here. Yes, they are buying. Um, although they I would... would I would put a caution on this that said they were the buyer, but that this trade was like an unmitigated disaster for them. It's it's probably one of the worst is one of the worst trades in recent history. Um, No, let well then let me elaborate. It's one of the worst Padres trades in recent history. Really, still doesn't narrow it down. Does that narrow it down? (laughs) Um, Uh, Okay. Let, let me put this a bit into perspective for you. This was a six-for-one deal. Oh, gosh. Six-for-one. And you will not believe the six that came back for this particular one. Okay. Six-for-one. It is horrendous. <laughs> oh, God. Who, who, did they, who did they trade for? This person is no longer with them. That tells you a bit about how that worked out. I believe he spent most of his time there injured. Hmm. He has, he has uh, had some problems yeah. with injuries. He's had some off-field problems. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. Oh, yes, right? Yeah. He's, um, he's, was it? I thought, I thought they got two pieces. Nope. Like, Six for one. Dang it. San Diego. <laughs> um, okay. Um. All right. So, Irby, do you want to tell people who the other team is that's involved oh, in that this? Help, yeah. let's, let's start there. Why don't you tell people who the other team is here? The team that won the trade. Uh, the team that won, yes, definitely won this trade. Um, Sorry, I'm thinking through, and I can think of a couple players that got. Okay, uh, yes, this would be the uh, the team formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Correct. Oh Correct. Lord, who did you fleece <laughs> with the Padres? Oh, yeah. The 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 then Indians basically sent someone who was effectively useless for six people. Um. Mm-hmm. All of whom have worked out for them in some capacity. <laughs> so. One of them we're going to make Bo get because one of them is a current Ranger. That is correct. Yes. Austin Hedges. Oh. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, buddy. Good job. Yeah, buddy. No Austin Hedges was in this trade. That's right. Did you know, Bo, that Austin Hedges has a dog called Mr. Bo? I did not, but after watching him, the dugout the last couple of nights has been hilarious. 
I'm all for yes. it. <laughs> it's just, his reaction to everything is just priceless. <laughs> he is the greatest, and I want him. I demand that you send him back at the end of the season. <laughs> That's so, fine. But yes, so one of the people involved in this is Austin Hedges. So if anyone who knew this trade had on their bingo card that the first name thrown out here was going to be Austin Hedges, <laughs> I applaud you. <laughs> Um, okay. So, Bo, since Irvi knows, and I would imagine our 100% of our Guardians audience out there knows this, the rest of you, I'm not sure. But, Bo, so do you have any idea, before we try to, you know, really dig into this uh, whole Indians Guardians return, who the, the gentleman, um, who, he had some problems, um, with the, he got himself into a bit of trouble um, sneaking out during the COVID lockdown when he was with the Guardians, He's had some other problems oh. since then. He is currently, he was on waivers with his new team, which is not the Padres, a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, I, th- I can't think of the name, but I know who you're talking about. All right, Irby, oh. you want to you tell us who it is? Or Bo, do you want us to give you a second? No, I'm not going to get it, but I know, I know it's, it's going to bug me when I hear the name because I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name, though. All right, Irby, take it away. Who did the Padres get in this trade? I well, it's I don't have all the names. I've got two. Well, I, we have one mm-hmm. already. No, we're just asking. He wants you to. We're we're just asking you to say who the Padres got. Oh, 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 oh! Sorry. Oh, yes. Um, that would be one Mike Clevenger. Oh. Yes. Yep. 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 What a disaster. Um. Yikes. I, when I think about what they gave up for him, it helps me sleep at night. Uh, <laughs> I was the beneficiary of it. But, okay, so Mike Clevenger. We've already established that Austin Hedges is one of the pieces of this trade. There are three people who are currently on the Guardians roster who were in this trade um, in addition. There is one person who was traded away from the Guardians, is on another major league team, and one person who is on his way up through the Guardian system and is expected to join the Major League Club within the next year or two. So, yeah, horrendous trade. Five Major Leaguers and a Minor Leaguer who's a high-level prospect. And three of them are still on the Guardian's roster. How does Preller still have a job? I ask myself that a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Well, uh, so the one the one traded was was he traded this year? The one the one the one the Guardians traded. Um, before the season started, yeah, it was. I believe it was technically this calendar year. Um, okay. it, possibly December, but yeah, it was during this particular off season. So he was and he was traded to the Brewers. If that helps you, um, we have joked a lot about this person's name because Joyce can't remember this person's name, so she called him something else. You, I think you and I talked about this on Twitter at one point. Um, yeah, we did, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, she called him. Yeah, she thought his name was Olin Mills, like the photography studio that used to be in JC. Uh, so she, okay. so now everyone just calls him Olin Mills. Like it, sometimes like, I can't even remember right. his real name. It's like the tuber thing, you know. Like once Joyce does this, or the um, Gary, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So the um, I still every time I see Adam Frazier, I just remember that that's the hot one. Oh, the hot one? Yeah. Yep. No, she got, that, that one, she doesn't even know what his name is. Like, I it doesn't matter. His name at all. It doesn't matter. He doesn't need a name, right? He's just yeah. the hot guy. So, yeah. The, the hot guy. You know, um, it was him. 
um, you know, good, good old Gary, Gary Cole, um, not Garrett Cole, Gary, by the way, she knows his name. She thinks she's being mean by calling him Gary for some reason. Um, but yes, th- there have been a number of these with her. Um, and, and this particular person became Olin Mills. I don't know why she thought that was anyone's name, but, um, anyway, former JC Penny photographer, Olin Mills slash, what is his real name? Anyone? Or do you know what it is? Yeah. Or do you want to tell us? Again, if this is the the second person to be revealed from this side of the trade, who would have thought? Um, We're looking during the big pieces. Um, But yeah, Yeah, this is this would be this would be the uh, current brewer Owen Miller. Yes, Owen Miller. Mm -hmm. Yes, current brewer Owen Miller. Yes, who did. Play for the, the Guardians slash Indians for a time and has since moved on to the um, Brewers. Unlike the Padres, he will also be playing playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm now looking for three current Guardians and a minor leaguer. Irby, you've probably heard of this person, but I won't make you actually get the minor leaguer. Um, but the I, I do insist that, that you tell me who the three current Guardians are. So um, who came over in this trade? Three. Okay, I, I two definitely. I've got two. Who am I missing? Are, are you at the point you want me to reveal the two, or are we doing um, the, the weird yeah, names first? I, like this, I, this, this bingo card is rolling. <laughs> oh, do you want to go backwards? Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's go backwards. All right. So I'm going to give you guys the minor leaker. Um, that's left-handed pitcher Joey Cantillo. So a pretty big prospect in the Guardian system. Um, we'll be expected to have the big club very soon. So, all right. So then let's let's go with – we're going to go in, like, reverse order here with the people we have left. So, okay. So the next person I'm looking for is somebody who has acted in kind of a utility role for the Guardians for the most part, but is expected to be the full-time shortstop. I'm just going to give you a big hint there. I mean, everybody – who's a Guardian fan that's listening to this is banging their head off the wall. So for the rest of you, yeah, know, make it a yeah. little bit obvious. So we're looking for a shortstop. Irby, was that one of the ones you already had? No, it wasn't. Okay, now, that's what I thought. It's... Yeah, so yeah. you have the big ones. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're doing these in the right order. Okay. So. I, yeah, I didn't. Wow, I didn't. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's great. Like, I already knew yeah. this trade was bad, and it's, you just add on, like, wow. It just gets worse and worse. You can, yeah. you can, you can add more. Is there anything <laughs> else we want? <laughs> Uh, okay. Yes. All right. So now I've got, okay. I've got all the pieces now. So, okay. So, so why don't you go ahead and do that one and who's that one? Uh, that would be, uh, Gabriel Arias. Yes. Arias. Okay. Arias. Arias. Sorry. Gabriel Arias. Mm -hmm. Good. Gabby Arias. Um, okay. So then we have two left. Um, Bill, we're looking for a pitcher and a position player here. Hmm. Any thoughts here? Bo. You should get one of these. Yeah, one of these you have to get. Actually, Irby, I'm not letting you tell him that one. Okay. He can, Which one? He has to figure that. He has to figure that out. The position player. Um, yes. We'll, we'll let you slide on the pitcher. Um, we'll, we'll let Irby tell the people who the pitcher is. You want to? You want to go ahead and do that, Irby? You tell them who the pitcher is. Starting pitcher. Yes, yes, yes. That would be Cal Quantrill. Yes. Very good. Very good. And Bo. We're waiting on you. We need you to tell us who is the position player. 
that came over to the Guardians in this trade. Why? Why should I know this person? That's my question. That'll, that'll help me because help you me because you have seen baseball. Like <laughs> that, you've got like two choices here. As somebody who's like, if you're a person who like watches baseball but pays zero attention to the Guardians, you have two choices, and you're going to need to pick the other one because I think you know the one that wasn't involved in this. So pick the other one. Go <laughs> oh, pick the other one. I don't know which ones I'm picking between. Um... Do you know anyone on the Guardians? Bopo, do you, do you know any players on the Guardians? I don't know. Can you name? Can you name? Okay, okay. You should probably just stop there. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Is it Naylor? Yes. Oh. Which which Naylor? Bo, which <laughs> Naylor is it? There are two of them on the Guardians roster. Which one is oh, it? Oh, now I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> uh, it's Josh Naylor. It is Josh Naylor. There you go. Good job. Oh, my God. That hurts so badly. I was in physical pain for you there. Oh. You know, the thing is, is like, I, I, I did think Naylor off the top, but I was like, he's been there longer since than that. I guess not. Oh, and I know because he's a little bit pudgy. Everybody thinks he's like 35, but he's actually only 26 years old. So, <laughs> oh. poor Josh. Oh, or Josh. Man. Brother Bo actually has always been part of the Guardian system. He was a Guardian draft back. So. <laughs> Josh came over in the trade. So so there you have it. That's a, Mike that is, Clevenger. Wow. What a haul. For Cal Quantrill, Josh Naylor, Austin Hedges, Gabriel Arias, Joey Cantillo, and Owen Miller, a.k.a. Olin Mills. Um, nice. Yeah. What a doozy. So we don't have a lot of where are they now is to do because I think you all know where they are now. So um, just some quick stuff on this. Uh, most of these guys have actually are all not competing for playoff spots, unlike the Padres. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mike Clevenger, yes, uh, you know Cleveland from 2016 to 20 uh, with the Padres in 20. Then he got injured. He came back in 2022, and then he's been with the Chicago White Sox from 2023 forward, despite they're trying to get rid of him on waivers. Nobody bit. Uh, Cal Quantrill, uh, San Diego Padre in 2019-2020, obviously been with Cleveland ever since then and is currently a member of the rotation. Um, fun fact, Dad Paul played 14 seasons in Major League Baseball. Uh, he played for seven different teams. He was also a pitcher. He was a reliever, uh, most notably with the Jays. And uh, good old Cal, he went to Stanford. Um, and he is married to Andy Ashby's daughter, Easton. No. Josh Josh Naylor, another Canadian. We have two Canadians in this trade. Uh, also Canadian, Josh Naylor, uh, a Padre, 2019 to 20, obviously been with Cleveland ever since. His brother, Bo, also a member of the Cleveland Guardians. And his brother, Miles, a 2023 draft pick by the Oakland slash Las Vegas A's. Uh, Austin Hedges, a Padre from 2015 to 2020, a Guardian from 2020 to 2022, briefly with Pittsburgh in 2023, and now with your Texas Rangers. He does, as I mentioned, have a dog called Mr. Bo, and he has another dog called Bruce Wayne, the Great Dane. So if you need another reason to think Austin Hedges is awesome, there is your reason. Uh, Gabby Arias, uh, Cleveland Guardian, called up in 2022, made his debut then, and obviously a current member of the team. He is also, uh, I believe we consider him our best hugger. Um, probably the only team that has something like that, but uh, we do consider him our, our best hugger. 
on the team. Uh, Joey Cantillo, uh, lefty, he's 23. He's bounced between Columbus and Akron this season, expected to contribute to the big league club in the near future. And then finally, Olin Mills, Owen Miller, whatever you want to call him, uh, played for Cleveland in 2021 to 2022. Uh, And then, of course, was traded to Milwaukee in the offseason. He's currently a member of the Milwaukee Brewers, and he has a younger brother in the twin system, a shortstop who was drafted in 2021. Oh, Preller. Preller, Preller, Preller. (laughs) The fact that that man stayed employed after that trade, like, throw out all the other ones. It's just, it's incredible. Well, and and not giving anything away, but if I remember that day right, that was not his only trade that backfired that day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's not his only trade that backfired that day. And it's also not his only trade that backfired with the Guardians. Yes. Like you could go either direction and it would still work. Like, do do you want to go with all the bad trades he made that day or all the bad trades he made with the Guardians specifically? Because you could pick either one. So we we shall save those. Um, that'll, That'll be a good kickoff hint. Uh, for the other one, because at some point during a future season of Let's Remember Some Trades, we will probably discuss the other uh, very, very bad trade that he made at particular day. <laughs> That's a bad trade. <laughs> Just incredible. Incredible. And that, this man is still employed, guys. This man is employed. He has a job. You know? <laughs> yeah. With the same team. Mm-hmm. Not even like a second chance somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's not like mopping their floors, guys. He's running the organization. He's bringing Don Tricker over from New Zealand <laughs> and planting him as a spy and putting him in charge of medical information slash analytics, which is a job title that no one should hold ever under any circumstances because those things don't go together. Wow. AJ, amazing. I kind of hope he never gets fired in a way. I kind of don't ever want him to get fired. Like, I mean, this is just really starting to have some major, like, Zach Wilson vibes. Like, please never lose your job because it's way better <laughs> if you're there and you stink and it's tremendous. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he's surviving this one. I, I don't. I think it, it sure seems like that front office has had enough or the ownership group has had enough. Like, between that and what's going on with the spy and – problems with his manager i can't imagine the padres picking preller over over the over, Melvin, over right Melvin. well yeah because yeah. that's that's where we're at now right like it's it's which yeah. one i mean who do you keep like i don't know i'm keeping bob melvin i'm keeping like, bob melvin aj can move to new zealand the one, the one that actually Looking. knows about baseball yeah i mean oh my gosh you know like, like haven't you suffered enough padres <laughs> like oh you know, wow. Irby, we, we, we said it when he was hired, and we've said it every year since, especially during, I think, I think we've said it, talked about it during that trade deadline. Uh, this was the one guy John Daniels did not fight to keep. The only one, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that tell you something? Like, I mean, weren't you guys kind of like, ah, I'm kind of glad he's gone? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, wow. No, you're right. That was definitely one of those of, like, Oh, Preller's gone. Oh. Oh. Addition cool. by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. There you go. There you go. Oh, oh AJ. Oh, AJ. Oh, boy, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, great trade. 
Great trade, Samantha. Uh, I'm sure uh, we will have some more. Unless you're the Padres. Unless you're the Padres. <laughs> great trade for the Guardians, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. For all of you new Swifties out there, I'm sure we gained a couple. Everyone gains Swifties this week. Uh, welcome to the welcome to Lollygaggy Sports. We'll see you next week when we find out how it goes in New York. <laughs> Wherever you're listening to Lollygaggy Sports, don't forget to give us a like, subs- subscribe to the show, help us out with that algorithm. Until next week, watch some baseball. It's the last weekend of the year. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna